What's up, everybody? It's Dan Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office desk. Uh, it is quarter to seven on Friday night. Uh, it's dark, it's cold, it's really foggy, been kind of weird here. We don't get a lot of fog in central Oregon. So when it does get foggy, it's kind of ominous and weird. Um, if you listen to the last podcast, uh, talking about moving and all that stuff. So the office is turning into quite the mess. It was already kind of messy, but now it's really messy getting ready for packing and moving and putting some you know i've had some personal stuff in here uh when i moved out of my house and into the shop here i uh you know had some personal camping gear and shit like that that i've stashed in here so i had to rent me a storage unit and some packing things and differentiating from you know whatnot so um yeah it's been busy uh unfortunately the the work that we're turning out will probably end up slowing down while we pack and move rigs and prepare and I still haven't found a place to go so um you know there's some of that uh <laughs> you know some of that going on too so um but no we're uh we're still working it's just things are kind of making a a turn right now but um Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for liking and sharing and telling your friends and five-star reviews. Uh, you know, it all it all helps. Uh, the Patreon support is great. Um, it's super helpful. Um, you know, these things don't... They're, they're not free. It doesn't cost... They're free to you guys, but they're not free for me to make. So, um, you know, I'm out of pocket on these... So I can bring you guys some, you know, international-based content. So uh, appreciate the guys that do support on Patreon. Uh, it's it's very helpful. So um, calendar uh, March sixteenth through the nineteenth is the birthday cruise. Um, not sure what I'll be driving. Not sure what I'm taking, but uh, I will be there in something international. It is uh, Route sixty six. We're going from California. East, uh, we're going to start around the Bakersfield area and then head head east. So we'll see where we get. But other than that, that's it for the calendar. Maybe some stuff this summer, but uh, pretty tentative with the move and, and some other things I've going on, got going on. So um, anyway, appreciate you guys again for you know the social media support. Uh, sold out all the medicine cabinets and like an hour <laughs> so thank you guys if you bought a scout 2 medicine cabinet um so i've already got another round in the works so should get those back from the cutter pretty soon and we'll have more scout 2 cabinets available again um and also 8800 cabinets uh working on them as well so thank you um speaking of 80s and 800s the topic for today uh that i've been asked about a few times now is 80 and 800 axle upgrades um there's so many ways you can go with this um there it's really there's a lot of different options so i'll try to cover what i can 
I always end up missing something, but you know, I'll try to be as thorough as I can. Um, so first of all, uh, 61 to about 64, meh, you had Dana 27's front and rear. And the rear end was offset. Um, you know, I guess you could have, I've seen 27's in 65's, but, uh, you know, they, the 27 axle was very weak. Uh, you know, it's the, the axle shaft is a two piece design. It's a, it's a shaft with a hub that bolts on with a keyway. Uh, it's a tapered shaft. It's press fit. Um, it's an offset center section, the rear end, the differential is not centered. It's offset to the passenger side because the transfer case was offset output. It did not output the center. It output off to the right. So the front and rear drive shafts were in a line, essentially, um, which was, I'm, I'm still not sure if it was a design feature um, because of the transfer case being output like that, or if it was because they wanted ground clearance in the center of the truck. And so if you offset the diffs to one side, you can cross over um, more obstacles that are in the middle of the road, you know, ruts. And if you're in the ruts or whatever and there's obstacles in the center, you'll pass over them easier than if you have a rear, if you have a differential that's in the center because it'll drag and hit stuff. And we're all familiar with that if you have a Scout 2 or 800 with the centered rear diff. Um, so one of the upgrades you can do immediately to an 80 is to put in an 800 uh, Dana 44 in the rear that will help you you know everything is bigger about that rear end it's more durable bigger brakes uh, they were 11 inch brakes uh, most of the time there were still some holdouts uh, 10 inch brakes but um, and even nines the early 60s had 9 inch brakes so yeah you want to get away from that get up to the 11 inch drums but um, and then with the front end, your options really are the disc brake conversion kit from like IH Parts America or a, you know, if you search the internet hard enough, you can find the cookbook for doing it yourself. Excuse me. Um, the Dana 27 is very, 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 very similar to the Jeep Dana 25 and 27 that they offered, and 30, I guess, um, that they offered from, <laughs> you know, 1948 all the way to uh, about 72. So a lot of the items that are floating around out there for the Jeep CJs, uh, they will work on your Scout front end. So the disc brake conversions and gears and <clears throat> whatnot. Um so that's, you know, that's what I would do if you had an early scout. I would update uh, to an 800 rear end and and then disc brake the front. Um, if you have an 800, same thing, disc brake the front. You already got a 44. It's pretty sturdy. Um, you know, I don't know why you want to swap in unless you're going to something like larger tires. You're going to do a big lift, spring over, and a bunch of stuff. Uh, then you might want to update to something else. So that's the next phase, I would call it, 
is axle swap. Um, and everybody and their brother, for some reason, likes to swap the Scout 2 axles into an 800. Um, and they, you know, it is an upgrade. They are wider. And you've got the disc brakes. You've got the one-piece, uh, they call the flanged shaft rear end. Um, just that the tubes are bigger. It's a 44 front and rear. If you get the axles, you know, 70, uh, 74 and newer, they're, they're 44s front and rear with disc brakes. Um, so you uh, you get a lot of a lot of benefits by swapping out to that um, to those axles. But really, you can only do it if you're doing a lift uh, because they are wider. The tires will rub on the fenders and whatnot if you don't do a lift from what i've seen i don't know um it's not a direct bolt-in swap either you gotta the 880 frames are wider than a scout 2 frame so you have to relocate perches uh before you can bolt bolt them in um not a big deal but you do need to be able to weld so um that's the next you know update that people do i it's tough because with the offset transfer case of the 80s that spicer 18 people talk about drive shaft angle being a problem because you're going from the offset transfer case to the centered rear diff and i didn't notice it in my 80 uh, i had a 63 that i daily drove and you know, I, I ate the rear end up in it, and I put a 44 out of an 800, and um, I did not notice any drive shaft vibration. But once I lifted it, then there was vibration. So I think you can get away, and some people might say it doesn't work for them, but it just depends on. There's a lot of variables about you know if your transmission and transfer case uh, bushing. Or mount is wore out and is drooped down then it kind of gives you a little more angle um and then other people you know they swap the 800 in and they point the differential at the transfer case which doesn't work that's that's bad for the u-joints um because if you know how drive shafts work the joints have to be equal and opposite of each other uh otherwise you'll get a bunch of vibration and stuff so um you know, it's it's your results um, may vary. Um, so, like I said, I'm just kind of giving you guys a general overview of what people are doing in, in certain situations. So, um, I know the next phase, next step is what I did with my 63 when I went full wheeler with it was I used Wagoneer axles front and rear which wagoneer axles are only slightly larger than slightly wider i'm sorry than scout two axles and in fact the short side front shaft is the same length as a scout two axle so they picks up its width by just a little bit on the on the driver's side shaft the long side shaft uh, and this is let me back up this is pre-1980 jeep wagoneer 81 they switched to a driver's side diff and it, it's not it doesn't work as well um 
So you want the pre-80 Wagoneer stuff. I think they started their disc brakes in 74 as well, 73 maybe. I'm not a Jeep guy, so I don't know exactly the date, but um, Wagoneer axles work very well as well. They are Dana 44s. They are disc brakes. They are six bolt, six lug, you know, GM, Toyota, um, that wheel pattern. So if you are getting new wheels anyways, then it's not a big deal. But if you want to keep your five on five and a half scout pattern, you know, Wagoneers, probably not the best idea. Um, so, but they are stronger than Scout 2 axles because they have the internal locking hub style instead of that six-bolt external locking hub that the Scout has. Um, I have broken more than my share of locking hubs in a Scout because the body will break. Uh, the six bolts will stay bolted to the wheel, and then you go you apply power, and they crack and break the body of the hub of the locking hub so the internal hub which is that smooth cylinder uh type uh, hub that just has the you know locking hub dial on it and the chrome chrome cap that uh, is a much stronger design uh, i have broken a few of those as well but with large tires and and stuff so um you know, uh, it is a stronger design. Uh, the other thing is they have stronger stub shafts than um, than Scout twos. Scouts have these little tiny, like one inch, um, like twenty seven spline, uh, real fine spline, small stub shaft. They have a thirty spline, inch and a third, uh, or one point three one diameter inner shaft which is what all the Dana 44s had in the front, is that same diameter. Um, but then the stub was this little tiny thing, um, you know, and then they also had the, the 297X, or the 760X, I think is what the updated Spicer number is, the 760X U-joint uh, that is the, the all the 44s used after about 74 because um, you'll find some early chevy ones that use a small joint same um early international pickups you know 68 69 they they use the small um i can't even remember that number now um but it's a small u-joint so after about 74 everybody kind of updated with the 760x joint and the you know 30 spline inners and uh you know disc brakes and open knuckle and all that so um so the wagoneer is an up, another good update if you are running larger tires and you are wheeling it if you are taking your scout out and you're beating on it wagoneer axle probably be better because it's a touch wider it's got heavier duty shafts it's got 19 spline stub shafts that are larger than the uh than the uh, scout 2 27 spline shafts so, you know, that's uh, the next upgrade that I would recommend, you know, if you were running 35s and a sp spring over. On my 63, I had, I was running 52-inch Chevy Leafs in the front and 56-inch Chevy Leafs in the rear sprung over with a bunch of cut fender and 37-inch Goodyear MTRs on uh, steel beadlock wheels. So they were heavy and they were big. Um, I... 
just had the four cylinder. I had the 152. I had built a wide ratio T18. So I took Ford truck T18 gears and the small input shaft, 10 spline, 7 eighths input shaft, um, and then put it in the international case with the international main shaft so I could have the four wheel drive output. So I had six and a half to one first gear in the transmission. I had the Spicer 18 uh, transfer case. So it had 2.43 for low range. And then uh, I had 513s in the differentials with Detroit's front and rear. Um, the other thing I want to note about that Wagoneer rear end uh, that I missed earlier is it's a flange style like uh, the Scout 2 on is, but it has an offset differential. The rear diff is offset uh, to the passenger side because of the Quadratech transfer case or whatever it was they were running in Wagoneers at the time. They needed that offset rear end. So because I was running the Spicer 18 transfer case that was stock to the 80, that rear end was perfect. You know, I had both my diffs offset to the passenger side. I was able to cross obstacles that other guys were hanging up on, especially when they were running 14 bolt rear ends and Dana 60 rear ends, which yes, are very strong, but they hang down. So you need to offset. If you're going to run a big axle like that, you need to upsize your tire to maintain the same amount of ground clearance. So um, that's that's where I went. Like I said, the Wagoneer stuff was just slightly bigger than Scout 2. So it works really well if you're running large tires and a lift and want a good stance. Um, that's what I would recommend. Um, what else? So then after that, it's kind of becomes, you know, a fabricator's choice. You guys are running 14 bolts and Dana 60 fronts and, you know, high nine, fabricated nines, spider tracks nines. Uh, you know, there's tons of heavy duty axle upgrades out there. Um, and if you were listening to this introduction to Scout Axle podcast, um, you either are not going to go that route or you already know all about it and, and you've ignored me for the first, you know, 18 minutes of the podcast. Um, I really like the 14 bolt for a rear end because it's 35, 30 spline shaft, but it is an inch and a half diameter shaft. So it's a beefy axle the ring gear is huge lots of bearings cheap locker options the axles are dime a dozen they've got big tubes big brakes disc brake conversion is super easy pretty affordable uh, and there's so many options you know the the cabin chassis so the the cookbook for setting up a good rear end on a 14 bolt is you get the cabin chassis 14 bolt which is narrow because it was for a dually truck dually van application um, which there's quite a few of them out there people are like oh where am i going to find one of those well they're out there um so you get the cabin chassis 14 bolt but has a dually hub on it so then you throw that dually hub away and you find on craigslist some standard wheel single wheel 14 bolt hubs and they they're interchangeable uh throw them on and now your wheelbase, or I'm sorry, your your width is um, just slightly over what Scout 2 was. 
So I can't remember the exact number, but it's, you know, 65 inches or something like that. The, the track width is, is very close to stock Scout 2. Um, so if a guy wants to run, you know, the Wagoneer 44 front with chromolies and a Detroit, and then that 14-bolt cabin chassis rear, um, that's a really durable setup, you know, especially if you're running 37s. Uh, and not a ton of power you're not going to break a lot of stuff and i mean i know you can break anything i have but um it's a, a better setup uh than the stock dana 27s <laughs> but um yeah like that's that's a really good setup I, you know a 44 front it has its limitations of course um chromoly shafts really go a long ways towards beefing up that front end um and, and then, of course, that 14-volt being the rear end, it carries, you know, it can handle all the abuse that you can put out uh, pretty easily. And they make shave kits for it. You can grind the bottom of the, the housing down to, for better ground clearance and, and that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, uh, there's, there's different options for that. I, I prefer the 14-volt over the Dana 60 um, because so many Dana 60s were 30 spline inch and 1.31 diameter shafts, which is the same as a Dana 44. It's just they are full float. A 60 is a full float rear end uh, and has a bigger ring gear, ring and pinion. Most of the guys I know when we were wheeling, we were breaking axle shafts, not ring and pinions. Uh, so I would prefer a 14 bolt that has the larger axle shaft and a bigger ring and pinion um you know you can build a 35 spline 60 it just it takes a little bit of work um you know and then you get up into the nine inch 10 inch race stuff where they're you know 40 spline gun drilled axles and you know each axle is the the rear end complete rear end assembly from curry is twenty two thousand dollars and you know you just get out of control by when you go down that road but for me, you know, the progression of how my 63 went and how a lot of you guys go when you're building a wheeler, you know, it was stock 27s. I blew up the rear end, swapped in an 844, blew up the front end, took the spider gears out, took the carrier out, and I put in a power lock. That carrier is great. I love the power lock differential. Um, it's durable, it's tough, it works good. Um, it, it, it's a great limited slip and it works good in the front end. Um, so then I put a power lock up there, I wheeled it for a little bit, and then I did a spring over, bolted on some 32s. Remember I was still manual steering at this time. Uh, blew up the 27 front pretty fast after that. Um, the rear end still held up. But that's when I decided that I was just going to go full bore, and that's when I did the Wagoneer axles with the Chevy leaf springs and, um, you know, built that trans and power steering and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, that's how a lot of, it seems to go for a lot of people. Um, you just start that climb up the, the progression ladder. But for you guys that are just keeping a nice driver, you need a little more stability, disc brakes, better turning radius, then yeah, the Scout 2 is the next up, you know, and then the Wagoneer 
axles a little bit little bit wider just a little bit more of what you need you know and you uh go from there so hopefully you guys took away something from all of that uh learned a thing or two um or maybe confused you even more i don't know um, but but that's kind of the gist of the axle swaps on the 80s and 800s um you know, there's things we didn't get to, steering stuff and some brake stuff, but uh, but generally that's the gist of, of the axle conversions for the 80s and 800s because the original stuff is pretty much junk. Um, yeah, they don't steer very good and they're super weak. So uh, if that answered your question, great. If not, shoot me a message, binderboneyardpodcast at gmail or hit me up on social media the instagram account binder boneyard facebook page binder boneyard you can head over to the scout and truck mafia page on facebook leave a message there if you're a member uh so yeah um thanks again everybody for listening i uh, appreciate it very much and uh until next time i'm dan for binder boneyard <laughs>